1984, pastors Jean and Sue started Faith Christian Center in a hotel ballroom. But for the past 36 years, they have taught people how to practically apply the Bible to their everyday lives. Over the years, God has blessed us and the church has grown. Faith Christian Center is now located on a beautiful 73-acre campus in the heart of the Dallas-Fort Worth Metroplex. We believe the best is yet to come. Today's message will encourage you, inspire you, and teach you how to experience God's best in every area of your life. This is my Bible. It is the Word of God and the will of God for my life. I am who the Word says I am. I'm the righteousness of God in Christ. I'm where the Word says I am. I'm seated right now in the heavenly realms, in Christ Jesus, the place of authority, dominion, and power. I have what the Word says I have. All the blessings of Abraham are mine. And I can do what the Word says I can do. I can do all things through Christ who gives me the strength. Today my mind is alert. My spirit is receptive. As I am taught the Word of God, my life is changed for the better. And I will never be the same again. Amen. May be seated. As you're being seated, if you would, turn to the Gospel of Mark. Mark chapter 4 is where we're going to be today. Of course, if you're watching, listening online, click share. We'd love to have you here with us in person any Sunday, any Wednesday evening. In 3 John verse 2, the Apostle John wrote, Beloved, I wish above all things that thou mayest prosper and be in health, even as thy soul prospers. And that's our heart's desire for you as the people of God. We wish you love. We wish you joy. We wish you happiness. We wish you physical health and long life. In the news, and it's, it's hard to avoid it, in the news, we see the result of out-of-control government spending. And that result is runaway inflation. And pastor, he's a good pastor. He, he's warned us about this for years, and he has done his best to prepare us. And government leaders can say whatever they want to say, but this is the result of what they've been doing for decades. A woman in the church reports that the products that her company represents, they're up on average 30% in just one year. Since 2020, the price of regu regular gasoline has more than doubled in one year. Tell, you, tell your neighbors, say one year. Grocery prices have increased on average at least 8%, some items as much as 15%, and there is an expected increase of between 3 to 4% by the end of this year, and the reality is it will be more than that. Meat, fish, poultry, eggs have increased by 13% in one year. Milk and fruit have increased by 11%, and Pastor mentioned at 9 a.m. in the last year, nationwide, rent has on average doubled. And so this is the circumstance that we see around us. A young man in the church recently told pastor that his family's net worth just crossed a million dollars, but he said he certainly does not feel rich. Turn on the news, pay attention to what's going on. Hedge funds are buying up homes nationwide. Billionaires are buying up farmland. And then the same guys are saying that uh, 
we shouldn't eat meat. The current administration is printing a trillion dollars every six months. And the reality is this is all a recipe for disaster. And this is where we are as a country. So if God's people, if we as the people of God do not learn how to walk in miraculous financial provision and start believing and confessing the word of God and start following the leading of the Holy Spirit and start taking action on the word of God nationwide, millions of Christian Americans will sink from the middle class into poverty because of inflation. This is the circumstance. And so we, as the people of God, have got to be doers of the word and walk by faith and not by sight. Now, now someone might say, well, well Austin, I, I don't want to hear this. With what's going on, you cannot make up the difference by eating the chicken nuggets at McDonald's instead of Chick-fil-A. With what's going on, you cannot make up the difference by telling your wife no new dresses this year. With what's going on, you cannot make up the difference by lowering your thermostat a degree, increasing it a degree, or driving around with no air conditioning on in your car. To not just stay at the same level, but to pull ahead. You're going to have to learn how to believe and confess and take action on the Word of God. And you're going to have to learn how to follow the leading of the Holy Spirit. We love you. We don't want to see anyone go backwards. So what must we do? We have to learn how to walk in the blessing of God like never before. We have to learn how to walk in miraculous financial provision. And God has already given us the answer in his word. It is the power and the miracle of seed faith given. And so I would encourage you. I'm going to give you homework. Yes, I am going to give you homework. You're like, Austin, I graduated in the 80s. I am going to give you homework. And so whether you do it in the cafe, we're not trying to sell books. Whether you get on Amazon, whether you Google, find it somewhere else, I would encourage you to get a copy of, a copy of Oral Roberts' book, The Miracle of Seed Faith. And I would encourage you to read it, study it, and to take action on it. These principles, which are from the Word of God, will empower you to prosper and to pull ahead in these days, no matter what's going on. Smith Wigglesworth's favorite Bible verse was Mark 4 and verse 28, which says, For the earth bringeth forth fruit of herself, first the blade, then the ear, and after that the full corn in the ear. So with the principles of seed faith giving, each of us, all of us, we can go to new levels and we can walk in the blessing of God despite the circumstances that surround us. And if you read your Bible, you study the life of Abraham, you study the life of Isaac, you study the life of Jacob, they walked in the blessing of God no matter what was going on in the world around them. And so we have to do the same. As we face these circumstances, I want to challenge you not to forget who our God is. He is El Shaddai, the Almighty God, the all-sufficient God, the God of more than enough. He is Jehovah Jireh. What does that mean? the Lord God, our provider. As we face these circumstances, do not doubt the provision of God. In Moses' day, the people complained about manna, 
So God said that he would send meat. He said he would send meat to feed them. But even Moses, the great man of God, even Moses, the deliverer of Israel, he doubted the ability of God to provide. Do not doubt the provision of God. Tell, tell your neighbor, say, don't doubt the Lord. Tell your other neighbor, say, don't doubt the Lord. The Apostle Paul wrote in Philippians 4.19, and my God will meet. I love the King James. He, he shall supply. He will supply. How many of our needs? All of our needs. Every single one of them. And somebody might say, well, Austin, what about this? What about that? What about the cost of this or that? He shall supply all of our needs according to his glorious riches in Christ Jesus. Mark chapter 4. Mark 4, beginning in verse 26. Jesus also said, so this is Jesus. This is our Lord and Savior teaching us. He also said, this is what the kingdom of God is like. A man scatters seed on the ground. Now, I, I want you to picture that in your mind. And again, most of us, we go to the grocery store. Most of us, we're not, we're not growing anything, planting anything. You know, Jessica has a little gardener, or a little garden. God bless her, more power to, to her, amen. But, but most of us, that, that, that's not what we're doing. I know some people have chickens. I have no interest in having chickens. I have no interest in making sure there are no snakes in the chicken coop. But by, by the time our government's done, we might all have some chicken coops. <laughs> so we're, we're removed from the land. But, but I want you to picture a field. I want you to picture a farmer out walking the field, scattering seed. And of course, because of the inventions of men, there are machines that do this now. But I want you to picture a man or a picture a woman out walking the field, scattering, scattering seed. And see, to walk in the blessing and the provision of God, that, that's the kind of life you have to live as a Christian. That you're, you're scattering seed everywhere you go, in everything that you do, in every area of life. See, a lot, a lot of people, they, they look for opportunities to avoid scattering seed. And, and you know who I'm talking about. They're, they're the people that skip a birthday party so they don't have to bring a gift. Now, if this is your aunt or uncle, you don't, you don't have to acknowledge it. But they skip events that would require them to be a blessing. Or it's the person, when you, you eat with them, you know that when it gets about time for the bill to come, they're going to disappear to the bathroom. They're, they're going to get a, a, a phone call. Now, you don't hear the phone ring, but they say they have a call or something important came up. A lot of God's people don't walk in his blessing because they spend their whole lives avoiding the scattering of seed. And so Jesus said, though, this is what the kingdom of God is like. A man scatters seed. So in your life, you've got to be a man or woman who scatters seed. Everywhere you go and everything that you do, you're constantly sowing. How can there be a harvest if there's no sowing? A man scatters seed on the ground night and day, whether he sleeps or gets up. The seed sprouts and grows, though he does not know how. And all by itself, the soil produces grain. First the stalk, then the head, then the full kernel in the head. As soon as the grain is ripe, he puts the sickle to it, because the harvest has come. So this is what the kingdom of God is like. And what happens in the kingdom of God? A man scatters seed on the ground. And part of 
walking in the blessing of God continually, part of going to new levels is not just scattering seed on one occasion or at one time, but living a life where you're, you're scattering seed all the time. And as God blesses you, the, the, the amount of seed that you're scattering, it grows. It increases. You're, you're not just scattering the same amount of seed that you did 10 years ago. And what happens in God's kingdom? A man scatters seed on the ground. And what is the result of doing what faith people do in God's kingdom? All by itself, the soil produces grain. First the stalk, then the head, then the full kernel in the head. Last Sunday on Easter, we learned that every seed produces after its own kind. And we learned that the harvest is always greater than the seed. Jesus said some 30-fold, some 60-fold, some 100-fold, but I'm thankful for every harvest. The harvest is always greater than the seed. So live a life of sowing. Be a man or woman who scatters seed. This is what the kingdom of God is like. A man scatters seed on the ground. Growing up, growing up and watching my parents, I saw them live a life of generosity. They, they constantly scattered seed in everything that they did. They constantly scattered seed. And that's why they're so blessed today. After my parents served as missionaries in Africa, they came home and pioneered Faith Christian Center. You've heard my father tell this story. All they had was $20,000, which was the profit after tithes from the sale of their first home. They used that money to start the church. Another minister at the time told my father, he said, I would never do that. Well, what is he? He's a man that avoids doing what? Scattering, scattering seed. So you got to be a man or woman who scatters seed. With inflation, that $20,000 would be more than $86,000 today. In February of 1993, my parents heard Kenneth Hagin teach on days of heaven upon the earth at Winter Bible Seminar in Tulsa, Oklahoma. And after one of the services that week, they were at the nearby hotel. They saw John and Dodie Osteen walk in. They saw Aretha Hagin walked in. Then Kenneth Hagin walked in. And so they sowed a seed of $2,500 to Kenneth and Aretha Hagin. In doing that, my parents stretched their faith for them at the time to write that check. It was a big deal. But in doing that, they, they stretched. Tell your neighbor, say, they stretched. they stretched. Tell your other neighbor, say, they stretched. They stretched. And so you got to stretch your faith. You know, when you were young and dating, maybe a movie in Chili's was exciting. But now that you've been married 20 or 30 years, when it's the anniversary, your wife might expect more. New levels require stretching your faith. New levels require greater action. And so they stretched their faith. My father says that that was the watershed event of their lives financially. And again, it was a big deal for them to write that check. In 1993, most of what they had at the time was in retirement accounts. That same year, a desire of my father's heart was a Harley-Davidson motorcycle. And he saved. Anytime extra money came across his hands, he set that aside. He saved and he paid cash for that motorcycle. But in the summer of 1993, that same year, the Lord told my father to give that Harley into the fall challenge offering. And he sold, he sold the motorcycle and then he gave the $15,000 from the sale of that motorcycle. 
And within 60 days, God blessed them with a 60-fold harvest. So growing up, I, I saw my parents live a life of generosity in everything that they did, everywhere that they went. They constantly scattered seed. Well, that's why they're so blessed today. That, that's the pattern that Jessica and I have imitated. That's the pattern that we have imitated since we were married in 2006. We, we constantly look for opportunities to be a blessing, to sow, to scatter seed. And that's why we're blessed. That's why in these days, regardless of what's going on out there in the world, we're, we're not going backwards. We're not, not plateauing. We are forcefully advancing. Now, as I said, some believers, they, they go out of their way to avoid opportunities to be a blessing. Not us. So say, not me. Not, me. not us. We look for opportunities to be a blessing. Okay, so we scatter seed on Sunday. Well, Monday's another opportunity to scatter seed. You're, you're at the grocery store checking out, and the Lord moves on your heart to be a blessing. It's an opportunity to scatter seed. And just because you scattered seed on Monday or Tuesday or Wednesday or, or Thursday, you might find out about this or that situation or this or that need. It's another opportunity to scatter seed. So many of God's people, they're, they're afraid of giving, but they don't understand who our God is. And they don't understand seed time and harvest. And they don't understand that every seed reproduces after its own kind. And they, they don't understand that the harvest is always greater. And so praise God for a seed sown two years ago. And praise God for a harvest two years ago. But I, I want to live a life of continual, ongoing harvest. So what do I have to do? I, I may not wear a pair of overalls. I may not have a straw hat, but I have to live my life as a farmer, scattering seed everywhere I go, in everything that I do, every day of my life, not, not avoiding opportunities, looking for opportunities to be a blessing. Proverbs 11, beginning in verse 24, one man gives freely, yet gains even more. Another withholds unduly, without cause. Maybe he has the ability, but he withholds unduly without cause, and comes to poverty. A generous man. What kind of man? Generous. What, what kind of woman? Generous. generous. A generous man will prosper. He who refreshes others will himself be refreshed. The Apostle Paul said it this way in 2 Corinthians 9 and verse 6. Remember this. Whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. And whoever sows generously will also reap generously. So in your life, you're the farmer. You determine whether or not you scatter seed. If you do scatter seed, you determine how often you scatter seed. When you do scatter seed, you determine how much seed you scatter, whether it's sparing, just a little, or whether it's generous. In your life, you're the farmer. You look down at verse 10. The Apostle Paul said that, now he who supplies seed to who? The sower. So if you want God involved in your finances, if you want God involved in what's going on in your life in terms of your ability to be a blessing, you have to purpose in your heart and you have to become a sower. Or as Jesus said, you have to become a man or woman who lives their life scattering seed because God supplies seed to who? And if I'm a sower, am I ever going to run out of seed? 
No, because my heavenly Father supplies seed to who? The sower. And if I'm scattering seed, the Apostle Paul went on to say he will supply and increase what? My store of seed. So it is meant to never come to an end. It is meant to be ever increasing. Tell, tell your neighbor, say, smile and say, be a sower. Be a sower. Tell your other neighbor, say, be a sower. Be a sower. Tell, tell your other neighbor, say, be a man or woman who scatters seed. Tell your other neighbor, say, scatter seed. Scatter seed. So, so don't be a person who goes out of their way to avoid opportunities to be a blessing. Look for opportunities to be a blessing. When my father tells stories, you'll notice that as God has blessed them, they've stretched their faith. That They have stretched their faith by taking ever-increasing action to forcefully advance to not go backwards. You have to stretch your faith. You have to stretch your action. Often when someone is desperate and they have no choice but to believe God, at that moment in time, they will stretch their faith. But over time, as God blesses, we, we all have the tendency to do this. Over time, as God blesses, we all have the tendency to get comfortable, to get measured in our action and giving. And we just keep taking the same action. And what's the result? We plateau and we don't go on the new levels. But here's the problem. It's all right to think in church. If you plateau here and now with what our crazy government is doing, you're not plateauing. You are declining. You are going backwards. You are sinking. We can't plateau. We've got to forcefully advance. And that's what Jesus said about the kingdom of God, that it, it advances by forceful men, and forceful men take a hold of it. So we can't plateau. Amen. We can't just keep doing what we've been doing. We can't just keep taking the same action that we've been taking the last five years. To forcefully advance, to not go backwards. You got to stretch your faith. You got to stretch your action. Say this, say, if my action is not a stretch. There's no faith in it. Say this, say, if my giving is not a stretch, there's no faith in it. Say, say, I will stretch my faith and I will go to new levels. Say, I'll stretch my action and I will go to new levels. So to advance and to not go backwards, we have to stretch our faith. We have to stretch our action. In every area of life, we have to take greater action. To go to new levels, you have to stretch your faith and you have to stretch your action. There is faith in action. There is faith in new action. There is faith in greater action. There is faith in following the leading of the Holy Spirit. And so as Pastor John Osteen used to say, you have to stretch your faith. If we just keep doing what we've been doing, we're going to have the same results. And if we just keep sowing what we've been sowing, the harvest will be, it'll continue to be what it's been. But again, because of what's going on around us, if we plateau here and now, we're not forcefully advancing, we're going backwards. And I don't know about you, but I don't want to go backwards. Amen. It's all right to be honest. I don't know about you, but I don't want to go backwards. I want to be, have the ability to do more to be a blessing to the kingdom of God. 
and to my family and to those, those in need. Tell your neighbor, say, stretch your faith. Tell your other neighbor, say, stretch your faith. Stretch your faith. Man, what are we going to do? Where last year's closed for the next 10 years? What God do we serve? Jessica's taken one of the kids this week to get checked for braces. I know what's coming. What am I going to do? Well, well, did you see the news this week? Sorry, you know, Sophie got braces, but the next one's not getting braces. What God do we serve? El Shaddai, the Almighty God, the all-sufficient God, the God of more than enough. You do understand why God spared Egypt in Joseph's day, don't you? It wasn't about Egypt. It wasn't about the people of Egypt. It was about Jacob and Jacob's family. God saved a nation. God fed a nation for one man's family. See, we, we need to get our hearts right. We need to get our minds right. We need to get our confession right. And we've got to be like what Jesus said. We've got to be a man or woman who scatters seed. Mark 4, 26, Jesus said, this is what the kingdom of God is like. A man scatters seed on the ground. Night and day, whether he sleeps or gets up, the seed sprouts and grows, though he does not know how. And all by itself, the soil produces grain. First the stalk, then the head, then the full kernel in the head. As soon as the grain is ripe, he puts the sickle to it because the harvest has come. So this is what the kingdom of God is like. A man or woman scatters seed in the ground. And what's the result of doing what faith people do? All by itself, the soil produces grain. First the stalk, then the head, then the full kernel in the head. I don't have to understand how the seed works. I just need to know it works and take action accordingly. Solomon, the wisest man who ever lived, he wrote in Ecclesiastes 11 and verse 6, sow your seed in the morning, and at evening let not your hands be idle, for you do not know which will succeed, whether this or that, or whether both will do equally well. That's, so that's one reason why I live a life where we're, we're scattering seed all the time. Because so, Jesus said 30-fold, 60-fold, and 100-fold. Some harvests are greater than others. I don't let it bother me. I just keep being a man or woman who what? Scatters seed. And if you keep scattering seed, you'll live in harvest. You will live in perpetual, ongoing harvest. So the seed knows its business. I don't have to fret or worry. From the moment the seed is planted, it goes to work. And all by itself, the soil. Verse 28, it produces grain. First the stalk, then the head, then the full kernel in the head. So the seed knows its business. And as we learn, the harvest is always greater. Now here's why a life of sowing is so important. Our giving and our sowing today determines our harvest tomorrow. Our giving and our sowing today determines our harvest tomorrow. You know, I, I told you, when I was a young man, a little guy, I saw the life my parents lived. And so I imitated. I imitated as a child. I imitated as I, as I grew up. I remember when we were at I-30, before we moved here, one of the last things we did at I-30, the previous location, we raised the money to pay for the chairs where we're all sitting in and enjoying. And we got new chairs on the way, amen. You know, but everybody blames shipping delays on COVID. You know, it's the excuse for everything. So new chairs are on the way, amen. But I remember all those years ago when 
pastor raise the money for these chairs. And what he challenged the congregation to do was for every person to give the money, not just for a chair for themselves, but for men to give the money for the chairs for their family, but everyone to give the money for an extra chair for a visitor. And Jessica and I were dating at the time, and so what I, I purposed in my heart to do, again, we have to be led by the Holy Spirit. I purposed in my heart to give a chair for me, to give a chair for her, and already at that point I knew I wanted to have a large family. Five sounded good to me, and so I purposed in my heart to give the money for an extra five chairs, plus another for a visitor. And I, my father would let me do the, the offering, and on occasion, and I remember mentioning that in a service, and people scowling at me, glaring at me. Well, part of the harvest today is from the sowing yesterday. Amen. See, some, some stingy person could have thought, well, who does he think he is? You know, and they're, they're not giving the money for a chair for themselves. And I'm a young guy giving the money for a chair for me, for Jessica, for five children that haven't even been born, for a visitor who has not yet come. But see, it's the sowing today that prepares the way for the harvest tomorrow. Yeah. And I, you've heard pastors say that a lot of the blessing today is probably the result of seed sown, not last year, but 20 years ago, 30 years ago. The harvest is always greater. Be a man or woman who scatters seed. And to go to new levels, you have to stretch your faith and stretch your action. Say this, say, if my action isn't a stretch, there's no faith in it. Say, if my giving isn't a stretch, there's no faith in it. In 2018, the Lord led pastor to challenge us as the congregation to get the church paid off. That year in the first principle of prosperity and the week of increase, we learned together that God's system of economics is designed to cost us as the people of God nothing. My father's challenge forced Jessica and I to stretch our faith. And so in 2018, on that Easter Sunday, Jessica and I committed $100,000 in the challenge offering. For us, it was crazy faith. And we were forced to stretch our faith. In every challenge offering since, like pastors, we've given above and beyond that commitment. And we still have a little ways to go on our commitment. But as of this past week, Jessica and I have crossed giving $105,000 into the challenge offering since Easter 2018. Now in 2018, when pastor challenged us, I would not have thought that would be possible. But I'm here to tell you, with God, all things are possible. And we've done that. He's enabled us to do it. We haven't gone backwards. We, we have everything we need. We have everything we want. The children are clothed. Trust me, they are all well fed. The Lord has provided. God's system of economics is designed to cost us as his people nothing. And with seed faith giving, there are no limits. So you've got to stretch your faith so you can forcefully advance to new levels. If you listen carefully to the app and to the stories that pastor tells, you'll hear four common ingredients in every stepping up. Giving, confession, following the leading of the Holy Spirit, and taking action on the Word of God. And you don't have to be afraid. You know, Jesus said, fear not. You don't have to be afraid. Our Heavenly Father provides seed to who? The sower. 
So if he leads you to sow and you sow, you don't have to be afraid because he supplies seed to who? And he supplies and increases what? The store of seed. And he makes us rich so we can be what? Generous on every occasion. You don't have to be afraid. Jesus said we give, and what happens? It is given back unto us, a good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over. So you don't have to be afraid. Where the Lord guides, he will provide. At the end of 2020, so this was the, the year we all remember. At the end of 2020, Jessica was blessed with an extra $10,000. We tithe. And I also gave an extra 10% toward our challenge offering commitment. But as her husband, my perspective was, Jessica, that $9,000 after the tithe is yours. It's your money. What do you want to do with it? Now, that'll help some of the men this morning. You know, you don't help with the vacuuming, but you're like a vacuum cleaner. So I told her, sweetie, after the tithe, that's yours. What do you want to do with it? Anniversary Sunday was a few weeks later. We were celebrating the church being paid off. And Jessica, obviously led by the Holy Spirit, she said, let's give all of it on Anniversary Sunday. And so we gave all of that $9,000 after the tithe toward our challenge offering commitment. In 2021, we didn't go backwards. We forcefully advanced to new levels. And one big reason was Jessica being led by the Holy Spirit. I'll give her the credit. Amen. It was Jessica, my wife, being led by the Holy Spirit to forcefully advance, to go to new levels. You got to stretch your faith. You got to stretch your action in every area of life, in every area, not just in your finances, in every area of life. You got to take greater action. You got to stretch your faith and stretch your action if you want to go to new levels. Last year in the spring challenge offer, we gave $5,000 above and beyond our outstanding commitment. But last Saturday, praying about it, I knew in my spirit I didn't want to stay at the same level this year, not with what's going on. I knew that to go to new levels, we would have to take new action. And so this past week, on top of anything we gave to our outstanding commitment, Jessica and I gave $7,500 into the spring challenge offering, above and beyond our outstanding commitment. And I have no doubt we will go to new levels this year. I'm not afraid. I'm not worried. The seed knows its business. And from the moment the seed is planted, it goes to work producing a harvest. Now you've heard Pastor share that specifically on our challenge giving, we ought to all believe God and we should all believe God for a hundredfold. So you ought to believe God for that. You ought to stand in faith for it. You ought to confess it every single day. Now, how did Faith Christian Center get to where it is today? You know, sometimes I think we should do field trips. The kids don't realize how blessed they are. Got this wonderful gym, got the ball fields, got the football field. We didn't have any of this. I remember getting in one of those Ford vans to go practice basketball every day at El Zioto. The kids don't realize how blessed they are today. But we went from three and a quarter acres to here. Now, how did that happen? How did we get to where we are today? With all this land, a beautiful building just remodeled, $20 million plus in assets with no debt. No debt and no bills. Amen. Sowing made the way. Sowing paid the way. 
This is what the kingdom of God is like. A man scatters seed on the ground. And what's the result? All by itself, the soil produces grain. That, that, that's how we got to this point. Sowing made the way. Sowing paid the way. You've heard us tell the story of how when we were at I-30 on three and a quarter acres, the Lord put it on my father's heart. He spoke to him for the church to give the money to cover the roof for Elam Church in Mombasa. That was $600,000 in the late 90s. With inflation, that would be more than $3 million today. You've heard pastors say that he just does what the Lord tells him to do. At some point, the Lord put it on his heart to upgrade all the media equipment and to give what we had away. And we're going to be doing that here soon. It's, it's all in great condition, but we're going to give it all away. The value is in the hundreds of thousands of dollars. We're going to give it all away. And what, what will the harvest be? It'll be wonderful. It'll be wonderful. It'll be wonderful. So as, the, as a child of God, you got to know who our Heavenly Father is. He is El Shaddai. He's Jehovah Jireh. And I know this does not help church growth. But you have to give up the garage sale mentality. You have to give up the mentality of, well, I'm not going to go eat with him. I might have to pay. I'm going to go eat with them because I know they're going to pay. You got to give it up and become a man or woman who lives a life where you're scattering seed, looking for opportunities to be a blessing. Not afraid of a need because you know who our God is. You know, Jessica and I, we have some extra things going on, extra things that we're doing. And so some of those bills are coming in. I'm not afraid. I'm not, not worried. I brought an extra offering this morning. That's 10% of what one of those bills is. I know the Lord will provide. He never fails to provide. He not only meets the need, but he blesses us with more than enough. Sowing makes the way. Sowing pays the way. Why do so many believers fail to pass tests of obedience and money tests? They can't see the future. They can't see where they would be. They can't see the harvest. They can't see where they would be in just five years if they would only obey God. They can't see it, so they don't do it. Mark 4, 26, this is what the kingdom of God is like. A man scatters seed on the ground. And night or day, whether he sleeps or gets up, the seed sprouts and grows, though he does not know how. And all by itself, the soil produces grain. First the stalk, then the head, then the full kernel in the head. As soon as the grain is ripe, he puts the sickle to it because the harvest has come. This is what the kingdom of God is like. A man scatters seed. Be a man or woman who lives life scattering seed. And praise God for scattering seed on Sunday. But you also got to be a man or woman who scatters seed Monday and Tuesday and Wednesday and Thursday and Friday and Saturday. You got to live a life where you're looking for opportunities to scatter seed, to be a blessing, to obey God, to be a, led by the Holy Spirit. Scatter seed, scatter seed daily, scatter seed all the time. And if you'll live that way, you'll live a life of harvest. If you want to live a life of harvest, you have to live a life of sowing. And with seed faith given, there are no limits. Say this, say, I'm going to say yes to the word of God. I'm going to say yes to the will of God. 
I'm going to say yes to the favor of God. I'm going to say yes to the blessing of God. So I don't want the world's plan. I want God's plan, which is a plan of sowing, which is a plan of reaping, which is a plan of harvest, which is a plan of every need being met with plenty left over, no matter what is going on in the world. Please bow your heads. You might be here today, and perhaps you don't know the wonderful God that I have spoken of. You don't know our Heavenly Father. Maybe you were told the wrong things about him. Maybe you never gave your life to him. He loves you. He loves you. And he has a wonderful plan and purpose for your life. But it all begins by giving your life to him and asking his son Jesus to be the Lord and the Savior of your life. The Bible says that God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believes in him would not perish, but have everlasting life. The world is lost, but you don't have to be lost. You can be found. You can have your home and the best family, which is the family of God. If you're here today and say, Austin, I've never given my life to the Lord, but I want to. I want to be a part of the family of God. I want to ask Jesus into my heart. I want to ask Jesus to be my Lord and Savior. If that's you this morning, wherever you're seated, raise your hand to where I'll see it. Raise your hand to where I'll know. You want to give your life to God. You want to be a part of the family of God. You want to ask Jesus to come into your heart, into your life. So raise your hand if that's you. Raise it to where I'll see it. You might also be here today and at a time in your life you you prayed a prayer. You walked an aisle. But you know you've not been living for the Lord. You've been doing your own thing. And you've paid the price. The Bible says the mercies of God are new every morning. The Bible says that if we confess our sins, he's faithful, he's just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. You can have a new beginning. You can have a fresh start. If you're here today and say, Austin, that's me. Lord's dealing with me. I know I need to recommit my life. I know I need to make things right. That's you this morning, wherever you're seated. Raise your hand, raise it high, where I'll see it, and I'll know you want me to pray with you. You might be watching, listening online, say, Austin, pray with me. Repeat this simple prayer after me. Heavenly Father, I come to you in the name of Jesus, and I give you my life. Time's gone by, I've gone my own way, and I have paid the price. But today, I give my life to you. I believe Jesus, he was born on my behalf. I believe he lived a perfect life without sin. And I believe that he took my sins upon himself, and he paid the price I deserve to pay. And I believe you raised him from the dead. I ask Jesus to be my Lord and Savior. Thank you for welcoming me into your family. Thank you for a new beginning. Thank you for a fresh start. Thank you for setting me free 
of anything that would hinder me in living for you. In Jesus' name, amen. You prayed that prayer. We want to be a blessing to you. Go to the website. The address is on the screen. We'll send you a Bible. We'll send you a copy of God's very own child. Short book. You can get it in English or in Spanish. It'll help you get started in living the Christian life. I hope the message today was a blessing and encouragement. Don't get negative. We didn't deal with confession today. Don't, don't get negative. Watch your mouth. Watch what you say. It's been a long time since I think pastors taught on this. But growing up, we, we weren't always this blessed. And so what they came to as parents is sometimes they would say to Christine and me, not today, not now. You know, faith doesn't mean foolishness or presumption. So may, maybe you can't do something today or this week. Maybe you're going to have to save to do something. But, but you sh don't, don't let the words come out of your mouth that you can't afford it. Or because of what's going on, you're not going to be able to afford it. No, our great God is Jehovah Jireh. He is the Lord God, our provider. So, so discipline your mouth. Discipline your confession. Watch what you say in front of your children, whether they're little, whether they're older. Well, Austin, you just don't know how much gas costs. I challenge you. Next time you fill up, why don't you pay for some people around you? Every seed produces after its own kind. And so if you want a harvest of gasoline being covered, maybe you ought to sow some gasoline seed. Thank you for listening to this life-changing message. To partner with us and to help us reach more people with the good news of the gospel, visit our website at faithchristiancenter.com. Your financial support is enabling us to reach more people than ever before. If you have never accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, pray this simple prayer. Lord Jesus, I repent of my sins. Come into my heart. I make you my Lord and Savior. If you prayed that simple prayer, you are born again and today is a new beginning. We would like to send you a copy of Dr. Jean Lingerfeld's book, God's Very Own Child. To receive your free copy, call the church office at 817-561-3400 or send an email to info at faithchristiancenter.com. Remember to put God first in every area of your life because he loves you and has a wonderful plan for you. And don't forget, we walk by faith, not by sight.